Welcome to Never Left College, where we discuss the highs, lows, laughs, and tea of university life from the perspective of two women working in higher ed. I'm Alicia. And I'm Winsome. Welcome back, guys. Today, we're asking the central question about college. Is it worth it? Is it? Hmm. Let's find out. Have a seat. Class is about to begin. All right. So today in the campus news, we are really talking about the central question of higher education. Is it truly worth it? So in the great United States of America, there is free public education from K through 12. Right. But K through 12 is not enough now for a career and a job and a living. And so most people get to the end of K through 12 and they have to make that decision about college or university and will it be worth the financial investment? And so while perusing on the interweb, I saw this interesting post and I sent it to you, Alicia, because it really gets to that, like, is it worth it? So it says if, uh, if you require an MBA, a PhD or a master degreed candidate offer a starting salary equal to the cost of that degree, an MBA is $115,000 a a year, PhD 200,000 plus masters, a hundred thousand plus. And the central question there was in what universe is it right to offer an MBA $75,000 a year for a job? You want quality advanced education, commitment and loyalty pay for it they ain't doing it they oh, ain't no. doing it they i mean they just raised minimum wage to 15 dollars in some states not all in some and the girls are fighting now and what i heard was so interesting they're basically stating that what they'll do is because they only have to pay that to the like i guess like workers that are qualified you might say and so their idea is that they're gonna have something called like an entry level uh position and so then they will be able to pay you below the minimum wage because basically you will be in a trainee capacity okay a hot garbage man one more time for my brain trying to catch up to the foolishness so what they're going to do is create a trainee category so you're not really an employee Mm -hmm to circumvent paying you the required minimum wage. Oh. So on a trainee level, so you have trainees with masters and PhDs. No, ma'am. They're going to pay you no, less. Ma'am. Yes, girl. No, ma'am. Mm-hmm. That, yes, ma'am. No, that is a loophole that should not exist, honestly. I mean, because if we're talking about the post that you sent me, right? So I have an MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, you're currently working on a PhD. We already know how much that costs for our own selves because we're not even talking about public school education, which we will start there. But both you and I went to private schools. So you can just um, add a couple of zeros onto the estimated costs that we just discussed. But to pay somebody $75,000 and, and, and let's, let's talk about region. Where is this? Because we know it's not in Florida. We know it's not. It's not happening in Florida. You may get that up north. You know, the folks up in New York, you know, the Northeast, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania. But that's also where that's also where your one bedroom apartment costs $3,000 a month. So does it really even matter? None of it. Doesn't it feel like we're in the matrix? This is all I a mean, game. It's one big game. Morpheus is going to step out. Um, it, 
you know, but, but what are the reasons that people still decide to play the game? So interestingly enough, we were talking about like what makes college. And so what is, what makes it worth it? And so networking experience, building opportunities. And a lot of students actually go to college based off of these opportunities that they're said to build. So outside of the transactional and financial part of college, um, there's also a social benefit to college. Right. And in the beginning, you know, the elite white men went to meet other elite white men. Right. <laughs> and then women went at one point when they were allowed to start going to be socialized for domestic work and to meet husbands. Correct. Again, white women. We're not yeah. talking about black women because this is way after they even, this is way before they even let us in the yes. door. And, and so... According to a 1974 academic paper on the social values of college, it was actually said that like the pair influence in college is as strong as the influence encountered by street gangs. <laughs> Why this author decided to like make that equivalent, but I don't know. Um, but that's very interesting. So there's a social component to college. And I know both of us can probably go back in our memory to the times where we joined different clubs and organizations right. and the people we met and different things like that. Uh, did you have any clubs or organizations that you joined that like, even to this day, they have had a benefit to you? To this day. Uh, yes, girl. Let's see. There's a, a few, of course, you know, every black student on any campus always joins the black student union. Some may call mm -hmm. it, I believe ours was called United Black Students. So I was a part okay. of that in undergrad. I was also a part of, I mean, you live in Florida. You can't get away from FCSA. So Nope, you cannot. <laughs> so, the 2006 <laughs> FCSA conference to this day at the University of Tampa goes down in history. I want to shout out everybody that was there that year. We wore the grass out of the Vaughn Courtyard at the University of Tampa. They had to replace the grass. Wow. And, I mean... You know, CSA was the real networking where you really met your people, right? So CSA, I also actually joined a business fraternity. I'll tell y'all, I am a member of Delta Sigma Pi. So, you know, we are the okay. purple and gold. There are some folks on the other side that are, their, their numbers are a little bit higher, but, you know, we still do good work. So there's a little rivalry there. But yes, oh. those are some of my groups. I know there's tons of other things, especially um, volunteer opportunities that I took advantage of. We all tend to do that uh, during college. What did, what did you join? So uh, when I embarked upon my journey and landed here, <laughs> <laughs> I did gravitate to CSA. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I started college the year before that 2006 conference. I was beyond blessed to experience mm -hmm. such a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I did join the Black Student Union. And then in 2007, I was honored to become a woman of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Okay, don't bust my eardrums. I'll let you do your thing. Though. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it here today. I'm not going to do it. Um, and so I really like, after that, my networking was like, you know, through sorority stuff. And then I went to law school. We both, you know, went to law school and I met friends there. 
and I met people outside of the classroom, but just like, you know, within the college and university sphere. I think like to this day, I still have a good group of friends and comrades that I can like reach out to and have conversations with and stuff like that. So, I mean, there is an aspect to that. I mean, I've seen some students and I find this happens specifically at HBCUs and there's, that's no dig to the private or public PWIs, but the kids go to the HBCUs and they meet like their future business partners, accountants, doctors, their children's teachers, you know, the attorneys, like they, there's a lot of networking. And so that's the gist of a lot of what people really go to college for. It's like the socialization of adulthood, I would say. So I agree. I think the, the deeper dive into that is really when we look at some of the studies that have been done just about socialization in general, we tend to flock towards our own, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. So that happens on college campuses as well. So it makes me wonder if we're really taking advantage of all of the networking opportunities that do exist if we are sticking to what we know. And I think that's the really hard part and where college and colleges and universities need to do better. So if you go into like, you know, I'm not a college student affairs professional in that I don't have a degree in college student affairs, but a lot of my um, um, essay pro people will tell me like, you know, they look at like theories by 10 to 1 different people and their theories state like people come to college to become a part of the college environment. So you tend to gravitate to the things that that college holds nay and day. And I think that's, that's becoming less true throughout the years, especially as you have more students of color that come into colleges, because they tend to still want to bring their own culture and their own backgrounds into that space. And I think this is where colleges have to do a better part about kind of doing a merge of what colleges have meant throughout the years, but also including culture from other perspectives and backgrounds. Right. And I think that's why we tend to gravitate to our own because what has been built at the college and university from the foundation is not for us. Mm. So it gets very hard when you're in a space that you can tell is not for you. And there's been no change in umpty ideas to make it any more for you than it was when you were segregated and, right. you know, left out. So. Right. And we've both experienced that because we attended predominantly white institutions. So. That that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. So other than that, people go to college, you know, because (laughs) the wealth gap and specifically for students of color, black students, I know for myself, the goal was to go to college and come out of college. And I thought I was going to be able to pay all the bills my mom ever had. We bought the American dream, like hook, line, and sinker. You go to school. We definitely did. You you apply to college. You apply to umpteen colleges, the best colleges. You get in. You go take um, uh, the handouts from, from Sally and her cousins and them. And mm-hmm. you go and learn. And you become so cultured and, and well-rounded. And you come out and you get this money that doesn't exist. And that's where the lie, that was the what? The scheme that I <laughs> Because student loan debt 
specifically, and we're going to get into it, but student loan debt specifically for people of color, specifically for black people. Okay. And specifically for black women. Oh my God. So it, so, okay. So what we're trying to get to is the cost of college versus the wealth gap that we're trying to eliminate between the races. Correct. So yes, it's the, it, it's the disparity between income and wealth. Okay. So basically Mm -hmm. we have bought the dream of you need education to accumulate wealth, but in so doing, we have accumulated debt along the way. Very. Yes. Which, so we've, okay. We've gotten income. So when I was, you know, perusing and trying to understand this, you know, the difference between income and wealth is yes. A lot of times people will look at the income and say, okay, Alicia has an MBA and the, the, the median person that has an MBA makes $80,000 a year, but they are not looking at the historical debt that you've been strapped with. In addition to your student loan debt, there's debt from man, there's debt from slavery, segregation. There's debt just like come and pull in with you, Jim Crow housing discrimination criminal justice policy, policy <laughs> discrimination, all of that is just pulling with you. So even at your, it's, well, when, when I say Alicia make 80, now mind you, we work in the state of Florida, let's be realistic. Yeah. But even if Alicia made 80, that's not going to translate into wealth because wealth is your debt minus your income or your income minus right. your debt. And you are, we are strapped with right. that. So basically we're coming into the game with a negative net worth already. And we're trying to catch up, but in order to access certain levels, we need to basically pay our way in through education or what have you. So we are adding to the debt in order to try to make it to that even out, zero balance. Which doesn't happen. Correct. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So basically student loan debt is racialized. Just remember that people. So if you're getting into this game called college, try to figure out how you can do it. And there, I, I wouldn't advise people to run from student loans, but to take them out with an understanding of how you will try to get rid of them at the end. Right. So what we're talking about is is your, and this sounds so bad, but is your degree worth it? <laughs> and, is it? And I mean, it's it's just common knowledge these days that your degree doesn't define you, but what you decide to do with your degree does define the level of success that you can achieve. So not mm-hmm. going to pick on the girls, but hey, you sociology majors, psychology majors, if you don't do anything with the degree specifically, it's not going to pay you. And the same could go across the board, but mm-hmm. the facts show and the statistics show that if you go into an engineering program and you get those skills in that education and you actually go and work as an engineer, mm-hmm. you will talk about it. You probably make a decent chunk of money as your salary. So I pulled up some information. Um, This is from the National Association of Colleges and Employers. They do a yearly salary survey. So when the classes graduate every year, 
They check back in with them after a few months to see, are the girls employed? What are you doing? How much are you making? Uh, so this is from 2020. This is from the May 2020 grads. So number one uh, average starting salary is from the major of petroleum engineering. Do you want to guess oh. how much their starting salary average? So this is nationwide. I'm going to say about 87000 Okay. You're right on the money. So eighty-seven. You are serious? Yes, eighty-seven thousand for a petroleum. I want to tell you guys, I really didn't look at that. I just picked the year that I was born. <laughs> eighty-seven thousand for a petroleum engineer. Um, right under that is a computer programmer, a computer engineer, computer science. All of the computers is we we know that's where it's at. We already knew that. Whew. One of the surprising ones on the top 10 list was statistics. Would you like to guess how much the statistics majors were making as their starting salary? 60? 75. Girls, the girls are still, they're still high. Yes. So if you think about it, statistics is used in everything else, right? So they can be working with the engineering firms as well. They can be working with the financial firms. So the money is there. It makes sense. But the top 10 list is all engineering and math and research. And STEM. And STEM. Oh, my God. That's it. So that if we want to talk about... Is there a bottom? Because I, I, didn't look at I the might bottom. be at the bottom. I do feel... I didn't look at the bottom, but I did look at some of our arts and science folks. Oh, okay. So they're starting salaries. For bachelor's level, this is all bachelor's level. Biology, again, class of 2020, starting average salary nationwide. Take a guess. It's got to be like a biology teacher, and I'm going to say anybody, because generally when you say biology, it's like... Just biology. You know, biology education or something, it got to be, man. Like, let's, I'm going to give them a 35, because that's where the girls start everybody, at 35. 37, close. Very close. 37. Had to be. They for, touch on the two bio. for being in STEM. Yes, for they bio. They touch on the two for being in STEM. So basically, if you are not pushing forward to a master's or beyond with bio, you ain't saying nothing, basically. Wow. Um, let's look at psychology, since I mentioned the girl earlier. So psychology, take a guess. Starting average right there, I'm going to just say she's there with, she's there with biology. Same thing. Cause I feel same like, thing. Same thing. You, maybe it's because I watch too many TV shows, but when I like Bones and stuff like that, but when I was growing up, I definitely thought psychologists were pulling in guap, like the girls used to say back in the day. Like, I mean, I yeah, thought they were pulling they in hard, but you can't be a psychologist with a bachelor's degree. And that's what you were telling yeah. the folks a couple of weeks ago. Um, bachelor's ain't saying nothing. Is, was that the quote? 13th grade, girls. <laughs> <laughs> 13th grade. That's what we're doing over here. So basically you have to balance out how much a degree is going to cost you in not just money, but time, opportunity cost of what you can be doing in lieu of pursuing that four, five, six year degree program. You have to count the cost. Think about your ROI, right? Yeah. And remember that there's an economic, an economic value to a college major. There is. 
So before people used to just be like, oh, go to college. Like, no, like seriously think what you want to be when you're in high school. Like have those conversations with your parents. Like, don't just say I'm going to college. Make a conscious decision about what you're going to college for prior to that is a part of making sure that you're getting your ROI. Correct. And I know you have some insider admissions information, but I would say if you have to take a gap year in order to Mm -hmm. figure things out, that's not a bad thing. Definitely. Definitely. If you have to take a gap year, go ahead and take the gap year because it will greatly improve if you understand what you are going to college for. It doesn't hurt. It really doesn't hurt. You can get some experience perhaps. I mean, you know, that's just going to sound rude for me to say you probably going to make the same money coming out of high school <laughs> as you will on your entry level position coming out of college. So, I Honestly. mean, cuz the girls are asking for experience and that out of college. Where am I getting the experience if I was at college? That that's the key though. So as a career professional, we teach that you should be gaining experience during your time in college. So that means, yes, you must go to class and you must pursue internships, co-op, part-time jobs, whatever it is that's available down to volunteering. A lot of these folks want to work in um, social service and those opportunities come in forms of volunteering. That counts as gaining some experience too. Long gone are the days where, and I still hear from parents to this to this day that, no, Johnny's just going to go to class. We made sure that we did, you know, bright futures. He got his bright futures and we, you know, we put money away. We're paying for, for his education. We just want him to focus on school. I heard that yesterday, child. I heard that yesterday. Focus on school. You can't do that anymore because while you're focusing on school, the hustlers are are out here focusing on school and doing their part-time gig and or internship. Some of them do both so that they- The Bs and the Cs are still going to get the degrees and they're going to also get the jobs. Say one more time. Cs get degrees. (laughs) The bees, I'm not going to throw the bees out, but the bees and the seeds going to get these degrees and they're going to get these jobs because they was out here hustling. And that's it. And if you have not heard that by now in 2021, you have been living under a rock. So let us be the ones to reiterate, you must work and gain experience in order to get a job after college. And that's only if the market is nice to you, girl, because what year did you graduate? But- 2000 from from undergrad yeah. 2010 okay i graduated in 2009 do you remember what was happening around 2008 i just feel like everything was crashing okay. the super big huge bigly recession child everything was crashing down and the girls then said well go back and get a master's and guess what we did went back in y'all yeah. <laughs> so it's not all bad because i do have some stats remember we were talking about some of these majors that make diddly squat with a bachelor's degree, Mm -hmm. there's a significant Mm -hmm. difference if you continue on and obtain your master's degree. So let's talk about um, psychology because we mentioned it earlier. So psychology, Mm -hmm. average starting salary with a bachelor's, 37,000. Take a guess at the average starting salary if you go on to get a master's. I would say about 80 or 90, it goes up. You're a little high, it's about 52. Woo! Wait, what? 
for a master's in psych. So when does psychology start to pay yeah, off? Because yeah, I feel like the yeah, girls have yeah. been PhD. Because oh, not- I felt like the girls have been hoodwinked and bamboozled. And and I teach a lot on the pathways with psychology because it's either you go linear or you don't, and that's it. If you're going nonlinear, you might as well study something else. So if you're studying psychology for the love of psychology, just because you like Freud and you don't actually want to pursue PhD level clinical psychology, psychiatry, et cetera, et cetera, study something else. Honestly and truly study something else. Honestly, truly. Because it's not, the payoff is not, not there. You will get a little more money, but the payoff is not there. Now, if we're talking about, hmm. And then I just want to make a quick point, guys, you do not have to get a master's to get a PhD. That is something that I wish somebody had told me a long time ago. You, there are programs out here that will take you out of a bachelor's program and put you in a accelerated PhD program or, or a program where like you're in a PhD and three years into the PhD, you get the master's, but it's truly meant to be a PhD program. Girls look for those programs. Like, correct. Like gather, gather your things and look in the direction where you gonna eventually get paid. Don't go back. Cause I feel like that was me. I was doing the steps too. Like, oh, okay. Bachelor's wait, this ain't paying enough. Okay. Let me, mm-hmm. oh, master's. Okay. Well, let me keep trying. Oh, well, wait, not no. Oh, PhD. Let me try some more. Look, if the girls don't stop paying me sometime soon, it's going to be a problem. Cause they ain't got no place else to go. No, All it's right. It's a terminal degree, but basically you're getting about a, a $20,000 salary increase between the two levels bachelor's to master's at least in these areas that we have been discussing the bio the psych the social work etc we're gonna need more than that we how much does know. it cost to get the master's if you only gonna pay me 20 grand more now here's the thing though and not one master's cost no 20 exactly grand. so here's where you gotta be smart folks get the degree for free yes and we will definitely have to talk about that at some point we'll talk about going to internship well internships sometimes some companies that you work for like I've seen several of the girls lately hitting up on the on the uh on our girls internet and on several things talking about they giving free tuition and Ooh. benefits and it'd be the it's it a company for people well you know I can't talk bad about my friend <laughs> but yes <laughs> I need my packages on time what was the other one though Walmart did come out with that a couple of yes. weeks ago no you would have never thought somebody at Wally World was going to get a degree for but free. here's the thing companies like Publix have been doing that for years they have I actually had a friend in college and I wish he had stayed on the straight and narrow because you know this is going to be my I know he don't listen so I can say this my <laughs> selfish plug I might have married him but he was at Publix and he wanted to be, what's that doctor? The anesthesiologist. Nice. And I was like, bruh, Publix paying out here True. so you could be a free pharmacist. Mm-hmm. I said, go peddle these pills. And he did not listen to me at all and eventually just dropped completely out on a oh. medical field. I was like, Publix would have paid for this pharmacy degree. What were you thinking? You got to take advantage of the perks. You got to seek out. Bluetooth. Listen, and listen, literally the perks. Yes. Not the, you know, it was not, a fan word. Not ma'am, the perks, perks, ma'am. but the, per, the <laughs> Percocet. <My>. Listen, <laughs> Molly Percocet. Listen, I mean, I wish somebody had told me that. Like, meet education where education meets you. Like, this thing called life, like, we always talk about, like, for the ones of us that are still here, we thank 
you know, I could be religious because this is all, we talk about what we talk about. We thank God for being here and being around, right? Like if that offends somebody, I don't, I don't know what to tell y'all, but like at the end of the day, yes, you may be, you may want to be an anesthesiologist, but if somebody can give you a free degree in pharmacy, people convert, <laughs> convert, do that. If I could go back right now and somebody was like, when some, honestly, you gonna fall in love with education regardless regardless i would have just done the education degree i i, I said i'm gonna be an attorney because it's gonna be ma'am yeah. ma'am we were we hook line and sinker we bought it we did we did but, but this isn't to dissuade or to push people in the direction of not going to college i think it's very important over i think it was in the obama era that they came up with the college scorecard mm-hmm. i think that is a very important tool to use Look at the institution that you're picking. See what you can get out of your institution. They're gambling with you. So you need to gamble with them, right? Like, and this is what parents don't like to hear. So let's talk about it for two seconds. I have a lot of parents that call me on the phone. They say, little Johnny is amazing. He plays soccer. He plays frisbee. He plays all kind of stuff at the high school. Mm-hmm. He has a great GPA here in the county in Florida that we, we live in, these people go up to a straight 10.0 GPA. Nobody don't know what a 10.0 is. But when we factor it right back down in the 4.0 scale, Lil Johnny might have a good 3.25, right? Lil Johnny then took the SAT once, got him a 1280, and everybody at the house threw a party. Very, very, very excited. And the parent don't understand why Lil Johnny don't have any of the scholarship money. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. Merit-based scholarships at any institution are not given because your kid is great. It is given because the university has to meet a metric. Very true. In order to continue receiving funding, whether it be from state, federal, or a donor, they have to have a profile. Very true. Understand? Just like LinkedIn profile, just like the girls at the um, swipe left, swipe right profile. (laughs) They have a profile that they have to meet. And that's why they swipe left and they swipe right on your kid. So if they want your kid, just like how people invest in relationships, they court, they find somebody they like, you know, they seek out to make an investment. That's what the institution does. That's why they offer you scholarship money because they want you to show up and be their student. So if you don't meet the profile, I get that your student is great. I'm pretty sure they are an exceptional student, but they're not getting no money. So find an institution that's going to give you the money that you are looking for because you think that you're amazing. And then also find the institution that's going to give you the major that you're looking for. Find a place where you are going to be able to do the networking like we spoke about before. And make sure that you're thinking about the career outcomes and that it makes sense. Dollars and cents. Say it professional. Say it again, professional. Outcomes. Please ensure that the career outcomes of your college goals make dollars and cents. So if you are paying a hundred K to get a degree, that doesn't mean that you need to make a hundred K annual salary, but it needs to be pretty close. That does not mean, and let's be real. That does not mean that you're going to pay off whatever loans you have in the first year of you working. That's not how life works. It don't work like that because what ends up happening is once again, you have to go where the money is. So you have to find the job and the location that is actually giving you the pay that you need. So you end up moving, which means you end up paying rent, which means you end up paying bills, transportation costs, cost of living, eating, breathing. 
So that salary that you thought you were going to pay your student loans off within the first year, it don't work that way. So get that out and your you brain. Know, and, and I think we're speaking specifically to a group of students. And like, because this is Never Left College, it's our podcast, and we are two Black women working in higher ed. We can be honest about this. There are some students that leave college that still have a space in mommy and daddy's house or mommy and daddy already bought them a rental property. If that not you, no bother. Take the people their money mm-hmm. at no high rate. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't know how else to say it. There are people that you will meet in college that will have a completely different background to you. And I think that's where I may have went wrong at one point. My friends that I met in college, I thought because we were all here together, we were all equal. No, ma'am. You're not going to be equal to everybody that you walk in that door with. And so financially figure out where you are at and make the best decisions for you. And that might mean you can't go on spring break with them to Tulum. I, (laughs) you know, I really want the girls to tell me what Tulum was before the Covisha because Tulum didn't exist before COVID. And I don't care what y'all told me. Tulum is an island. Listen, whoever marketed Tulum during 2020, needs to come market for us because they did a work. A wonder. Where was Tulum before COVID? Where was she? She didn't exist. She's in charge of travel and leisure for Tulum. Hats off. Hats off. Tulum is the Atlantis of COVID and I don't want to hear <laughs> nothing else from the rest of y'all. I done heard enough. But again, figure out where, figure out where you need to be because again, if you cannot go on the spring break to Tulum, leave it be. Find you a study abroad that the institution is going to pay for, and go wherever that study abroad is yeah. going. But don't, but don't, don't put, don't put yourself in debt for something that at the end of the day you're going to have to pay for because you're going to pay for that trip to Tulum till you sixty five yeah. if you play yeah. around. Yeah, and the way it's looking, um, Uncle Joe ain't 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 cutting nothing out. Don't stop talking about it. <laughs> so and that he he is not he's not cutting us not one bit of slack. But yeah, we'll get into it. Oh goodness. Let us move on because we have a new segment that I want to introduce Winston. So I'm excited. Yes. All right, so when so we've been talking about the cost of college, et cetera, et cetera. So I just wanted to introduce a new segment. We're going to call it Quad Talk. So, you know, when you were in undergrad and you hung out on the quad or in the student center or the student union or whatever they called it on your campus and you just like kicked it with your friends. Yeah. So (laughs) brings back some good feelings. So I went to the U. And our quad was called The Rock. So basically it was like this raised brick platform in the center of campus near the student union, but it was outside. So it had tables and chairs and people just like hung out and kicked it all day. So I have skipped many a class just hanging out on The Rock with my friends. So this segment will just be kicking it. This is what this portion will be called. So this is Quad Talk. So what do you want to talk about? Well, if we're on the quad, Mm -hmm. to be honest, I think we should continue the conversation about our dear Uncle Joe. We did it, Joe! (laughs) And our Aunt Kamala. Because the girls promised me that by now, 
the student loans would have dropped off. They would have evaporated. They were going to save us from COVID and cancel student loans. And for some reason, and again, we still here. Now, I want to, I want to be very clear. I'm not against either of these two people. I'm going to give them their fair share of time because the person before them was pure unadulterated trash. I, I don't know what you're talking about. That he who must There's not like be named. There's like a blip in history. It lasted four years. But anyway. At this point, we are blip lasting about <laughs> six years because we had that and then COVID. But but yeah, let's talk about this because we talked about the student loan debt crisis and that it disproportionately impacts people of color, mm-hmm. specifically black mm-hmm. people. And I remember in one of the, um, what they call them, the debates, a lady asked him, a black lady asked current president Joe Biden if he would do more than to get rid of student loan debt, like, I think he said that he would do 10,000. And she said, at a minimum, we would need 50,000 to really impact any change in communities of color. Well, he said he would not do that. And it has come to my attention that truly, if you don't think of student loan debt as a racially motivated situation and policies are racialized in it, then any solution that you create won't be for people of color. It'll be for white people, right? So you would sit back and you would think, well, I don't want to get rid of student loan debt because I really would be only helping rich whites that went to elite colleges and paid money to Harvard and Yale. But in order to wipe out debt for people of color, we really need to do more. So the quartet this week is what is the plan? Because... So you're talking about... Equity versus equality. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we know that you can't, I, well, I mean, we could, they could, not we, I'm not a part of this. I don't make those decisions. <laughs> um, but they could um, significantly change that by saying, we're going to wipe out debt for, you know, make it like reparations. Like if you're, don't if anybody in your lineage was linked, the rep, if y'all don't like the word then. We could reap <laughs> through reparations um, by helping us with the repayment mm-hmm. of our loans. You like those R's. Okay. So, but that is not a, it doesn't seem That's to be, no. And I know that some populations have already received, for example, I think people that went to for-profit colleges where like their degree was basically a scam. Right. Your boy. And uh-huh. And then I know that there's been work for people with disabilities. I don't know if that covers all disabilities. I'm not as knowledgeable in that area. Yeah, I heard about that too. But that leaves the, but what the a- masses of us hanging out to dry still. And I mean, it's still early. Yeah. Well, it's, it's October now. So it's been a good nine months in office there's still a good three years to go but what are we expecting to see at this point i don't know because they was talking the other day saying they had hit some debt ceiling child and i feel like if they get rid of these student loan debt they're gonna owe us at this point i think that's why they're holding (laughs) on to them because (laughs) they they don't seem like they have much the girls seem like they're a little broke i saw a little reel on the insta where 
uh, a millennial was talking and basically having a conversation with the government and the government was like, girl, I need money. Like I'm in debt. And the millennial was like, start eating mac and cheese so you can Easy save. Mac. And the government... And the government was like, that's not going to help. And they that's were like, well, us. don't buy stuff. That's what you told us. But exactly. We going to give you the advice you gave us. I mean, the government was about to shut down the other day because they couldn't come to the agreements, which they finally did. We, How many potential government shutdowns have we seen in our lifetime? Just In just the past few years. In the last three years, I promise you, it's been, it is like, the sick and shut in list. I never heard of a government there shut down so many times. I mean, if y'all want to rejuvenate, stimulate, invigorate the economy, you got to put money in the hands of the people that are going to do it. A lot of us are strapped and crippled by the scheme that Uncle Sam set up because we bought oh, yep. into the hype of the college education at detriment to us financially, which has now in turn caused a, a vast majority of millennials to not be able to purchase homes. Let's not talk about it, girl. Go get me into tears. I mean, <laughs> there are so many people going through that struggle. And, you know, one of us gets over the hill every now and again, and we have to celebrate it because it's not the time of yesteryear like our Gen X or Boomer parents who bought homes like everybody got a house. It was like a thing. Like you had a family. The minute you got married, you bought a house. It was like a thing. And now it's like you finish your bachelor's. You find a, you you stay in student housing. You start a master's and because somebody say you on the good foot, you go and you get yourself a one bedroom that doesn't cost over a thousand dollars you know you can't afford it but you think that when you done this little masters you're you gonna know. be able to pay and you go from a decent one bedroom to an efficiency and then back straight back to a two bedroom if you ain't married to share with somebody else like girl we're backwards we hustling backwards we is hustling backwards it's the scheme that uncle sam set up you ain't lied about that it's really bad i know so many people that are millennials that are not married that have a roommate and even if they you know do cross the hurdle and they and they are able to purchase a house they're renting out rooms in order to afford yes the mortgage and if not and they are married they're in a two-income household but people are working let's talk about this 40-hour work week that don't exist people out here working 60 and 70 and 80 so you so you working to enjoy the house that you never could be inside of? None of it makes sense. Like we're literally living in the matrix and I want to know who is in control and who is pressing these buttons because I didn't sign up for this. I had I had so much more that I thought I I thought so much more of this thing that they called adulthood. It, it's like <laughs> and it really is a scam. It is a whole ball-headed scam. Okay. What, what does our fave say? The but worst, yeah. the worst hood that I have ever come across is adulthood. Listen, it is, and it's not even that it because truly honestly, is. things were not this way in the eighties and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. And you can go back. Things have always been bad for folks of color, of course, black people especially. Economic times have changed drastically. They have. 
And I honestly think when we got the opportunity, that's when the scam had to change somewhat. So in the 70s and the 80s, our parents were not thinking initially of colleges. They were doing well, some people's parents, like, you know, you got a job or even if you did go to college, you went for your bachelor's and you worked and you did that one job, whether it was, you know, you're an accountant or you're a teacher or something and you bought your house and you married your husband and different things like that. But now I feel like we've gotten more opportunity as far as we can choose these majors and we can do all these things, but the price of college has gone up. So the scam is you go and you spend all this money. And then if you walk into a firm um, to seek out an engineering job and you don't look a certain way or you didn't go to a certain oh school or your parents don't have that hook up, you're not going to get into. So now you spent all this money on this degree that they're like, oh yeah, JK, we're not going to give you a job mm-hmm. to pay. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, we on the quad, we talking about it and, you know, good girl, good, good up, good up girl, Kamala, <laughs> my dear Soror. Yeah your island people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you are if you even dare to venture to our little small podcast over here in the hood girl do something about it speak to speak to uncle joe and just let him know that this is not gonna work and i know this has been a a, a sore topic for some people of color that he has stated that he will do forgiveness in some areas for public education and for hbcus and that kind of leaves the girls that went to a PWI private at a disadvantage and while some people will knock us and say well you shouldn't have gone there because them was never your people you should have gone and supported your own I want to be very clear oftentimes specifically when I was headed off to college HBCUs did not have the backing and the funding necessary for me to attend so I was coming from a deficit and I was seeking someplace that could give me something and despite the fact that that something ended up still putting me somewhat in debt it was something so i feel like to look at it where and they, and just say well if you didn't go there that's your fault i do think that we have to go back to the drawing board and say something about people of color and what the system needs to do in order to pull us out of poverty so that we can live the american dream just like everybody else agreed I mean, we'll probably have to wait a little bit longer in our lifetime to see some some change. Uh, but student loan debt is the highest form of debt here in America. At some point, they're going to have to look the green-eyed monster in the face and deal with it. So hopefully that will be soon. And we'll live to see it. They are. I hope so, too. And the girls, just really quickly, because <laughs> the Fed Loan Servicers... Oh, and the uh, Naviance and all the other girls, they're they're ditching the debt and moving mm-hmm. on. So I advise y'all to update quickly, update your information on the good girls' websites so that when they decide to give the debt to somebody else, you at least know who you owe. And let us all pray that when they're transferring it, the good girls at the cyber and the, the hackers <laughs> get it and they just delete mine. <laughs> If you are listening, let me just hit the mic real quick. But that everything else, they leak people news. They shutting down Instagram. Y'all do everything but what's right. What what's good in the eyes of God? Take care of the debt, girl. Just remember the two of us, Alicia and (laughs) Winsome. Get rid of ours, okay? Just wipe mine clean. Mm. Thank Mm -hmm. you. All right, I think we are gonna move on. Let's get off the quad. Okay, let's round out the show with a listener letter. 
You can send us your shady situations at neverleftcollegepod at gmail.com. That's neverleftcollegepod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. And we'll read them on the show and try to give you some advice, or maybe you can teach us a thing or two. So, Winsome, I think you have the letter today. I do. So we received a letter from Dare Clarice. 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 Okay. Yes. And Clarice asks, should I PhD? Clarice says, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. It was originally medical school, but that sounds really trailer trash, not ghetto, because we retired that word right now. So now I'm deciding if I want to get a doctorate degree. I just graduated with my master's degree and the experience was kind of just horrible. Let me tell you why. I spent the majority of my first year and all of my second in this Panasonic with teachers who acted like they weren't part of the Pangea too. Hmm. Secondly, you got friends and family getting sick left and right and finally, I'm a first-generation student, so I had to work full-time, mm. the whole time, to survive. I think the hardest part was not feeling supported by the faculty and staff in my program. There are only four Black faculty members, all women, which ain't a big deal, but you get it. And my faculty advisor was a 70-year-old white man who admitted to being raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. As I plan my professional journey, I'm stuck at a crossroads between whether I should just see what I can accomplish with this master's or to begin exploring what a doctorate could look like. It's always been my goal, but I'm tired. Sincerely, Clarice. Tired black girl. Mm, I can Clarice hear is it. tired. I can hear it. So... Let me get this right. Clarice has completed a master's degree. She has. And she is considering a PhD. But what she didn't say was what she was doing for work. I know she said that she had to work throughout the Panasonic in order Mm -hmm. to pay her bills and eat and whatnot, survive, um, scratching and surviving. But was it something in her field or was she just working to make money? Because what I would say is, like we had discussed before, ain't nobody going to pay you PhD money if you don't have any experience. They're not. You could get two, three, four PhDs. If you don't have any real world working experience, you're not going to get the salary commensurate with what you're seeking so I would say uh and like I I mentioned we don't really know what she's been doing throughout this time she may have buku years of experience under her belt we're not sure how old she is but I would say it doesn't hurt to take the time you completed a master's degree by the way kudos to you on that that's no no simple in a in a panoramic in the pangea Pangea. So I would say take some time to see what the job market is 
get some experience, make some connections like we had talked about before, get some bullet points to put on your resume, some titles, and then see about re-entering your educational path. Uh, you might find that it's not necessary. That's one thing. You may find that you will work somewhere that will pay you to do the PhD and be very balanced in your work schedule to help you achieve that next step because they want you to stay with them and bring that experience, that education back to their organization. Mm -hmm. I know you said that that balance was not there between working during your master's and getting that support from your faculty. And that is a tough one that we definitely have to discuss in another episode about the the hoops that students of color have to jump through just to stay afloat um, and not getting the support from faculty, staff, family even. Yep. But that's a whole nother thing. But I would say take the time, do a little work, see what working is like. Um, that'll only help you in moving forward the experience that you gain. And it'll also help your application for your PhD program as well, bringing some experience into the game. It'll make you look that much better as a candidate, a potential PhD candidate. Yes. So I agree with you. I think if I'm we, Clar Clarice did not tell us like what her major was or anything like that. So there's nothing for me to say. Well, Clarice, I know when you get this PhD, you guaranteed boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. But from what I'm gathering from Clarice, we, as we were talking about earlier, most of the majors where you're guaranteed big money at that level, you already were guaranteed some form of big money True. on the, on the entrance level. So I'm gathering that Clarice was not from what I'm gathering, like, the fact that you went straight into a master's is probably because you were not getting the money commensurate with your degree that you thought when you finished the bachelor's. Right. So as you embark on this decision of master's or our post-master's, whether you should get a PhD or go into the workforce, I'm going to say seek out the opportunities. Right, Clarice? Like, do not start a PhD until it is paid for. Mm. Whether it be between your job or because a program wants to fund you because they heard of the research you were doing on a, on a job, mm -hmm. do not pay for this degree, Clarice. Okay? Snaps. If that means having to move to the opposite side of the United States or to do a it. different country where you're going to work for a company that is going to see the value in your work, do not, for this degree, don't wait don't get the degree for them to see the value. Let them see the value and send you to get the degree. And you, where is the collection plate? Because you preach it. Uh, we also can set up a Zelly and a, just send your collections to never left college. This would be a love offering. Okay. This is a love offering. This is, this is my love offering. <laughs> I'm giving y'all love. Give us love. All right. But yes, let them see the value in you and send you to get the degree that they want you to have, knowing that you are already qualified enough. Because yeah. let me explain to you, when people, when faculty members are reviewing PhD candidates, 
or P- you don't become a candidate until the end. But when they're reviewing PhD student applications, mm-hmm. they already know whether or not you're qualified. They're looking at those applications and they're saying, oh, Johnny doing this kind of research? Oh, yep. this seem this seem interesting. I want my name to be tacked on to Johnny's research. Again, it's a use, use game, right? So you're going to come in, you're going to do your research, your major professor going to tack their name onto it as a co-author. you really the one that collected all the data, did whatever, but they're going to tack it on there, blah, blah, blah. So from the beginning, they already had a faith in you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? That was unwavering to the point that they gave you a seat in their program. Mm-hmm. Do not pay to go and don't play with these people. When they want you in the program, ask them about assistantships. Yes. But evermore, if you could find a job that secures, I, you know, I have a student that is graduating and I have to say shout outs to her. I'm not going to call her name, but I have a student that will graduate in May with a degree in engineering, did an internship two summers ago and her engineering firm said, girl, come, we're going to pay your relocation costs. We want you to start starting salary $70,000. Nice. Seventy. She she signed her offer letter before they sent before the university has conferred her degree. That's not that's what that's what we want. That's what we want for y'all. They saw the value in you, and that doesn't only happen in engineering. There are a lot of mm-hmm. you know there are what I call them educational influencers. Now look on Instagram. Look at the people that are creating educational content, and you might see sometimes these are like PhD students, and they're telling you, "Yeah, I was you know creating content on this type of thing." And my department was interested and they offered me a full assistantship to continue doing my PhD after my bachelor's. Yeah, I wish somebody had preached that sermon to me in undergrad that you don't pay for anything post-bachelor's. Do not. Don't. There are so many different ways. All down to if you you couldn't get the assistantship, uh, the scholarships, you know, are nil when you get to certain educational mm-hmm. levels but you could even if it comes down to it and maybe this could be a first approach you talk to that committee member that admissions committee member you talk to that faculty member that's going to be in your department who really likes the research that you're working on and wants to be wants you to come there to continue the research as their next project you talk to that person, that person will find the funding. They will. They will and, find and so, it. And sometimes them finding the funding is not, it doesn't look, it, it's not traditional, right? So a lot of people think if I don't have an assistantship, if I don't have a, a grant from my college, it, it, it means end all be all in a master's program setting. I'm, I'm speaking specifically to master's, not so much PhD, because they generally will find the money at that point. But in a master setting, you understand that at most colleges and universities, you get two classes free per semester, right? Mm-hmm. So even if they have you answer the phones in their front lobby, yeah. Yeah. as an employee, you still gonna get two classes for free people? And listen, Do not pay these people for none of this. Thank you. And that's just at public institutions because we both went private. At private, and depending on the institution, at private, if you get in, the whole of your people them can get in. Like, All of your people them can get in. I was a student employee at one of the offices on campus, and there was this beautiful woman that worked at the front desk. She was like, you know, some people's spirit, you just you just meet their spirit, and mm-hmm. it's just 
butterflies and rainbows. She was a lovely person, older lady, probably in her 50s. Again, private institution. Do you know that lady put her two daughters through school for free? So let's just, this is the game. This is the game that we give a free game handout to some parents. <laughs> some of y'all parents out here currently are struggling at y'all jobs. Mm. And you may not want a degree, but mm. your son or daughter mm. is currently in ninth or 10th grade. Nobody pay the people them. Specifically private institutions, public institutions don't allow you most often to transfer your perk no, of, no. of 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 your classes to your children. But these privates, they will give your child an education for the free. Yeah. Go answer their phones instead yes. of getting beat down at someplace else. Okay? Yes. Go yes. answer their phones and let your turn walk through their doors and for the free for the four years. At least set your children up with that. Yes. Send, listen, I know plenty of students that worked at Publix during undergrad and that's how they paid for undergrad. You guys to teach the people the game. Teach them the game. Okay. And and that means you go to work. That that means you go to work there for two years, three years, four years, and then afterwards you leave and go someplace else. You've gathered your things that you need from them. Now it's time to go. Do them like what they do you. And a lot of the organizations that offer you the tuition reimbursement options are pretty good at promotion. So once a lot of these organizations that offer the tuition reimbursement programs are pretty good at promotion. So once you do attain that next educational level, they're looking at you to bring that education again, like I said, back into the organization and they will promote you to the next level because you have taken the time and effort to educate yourself. They want you to use it for them. They will promote you. And for the one, this is going to be my moment for the week again, done, done, done. And for the ones that do not Mm-mm. gather up <laughs> your bags <laughs> and leave, get their degree. And on the day it is conferred, do what? What do they say? Uh, Island people, they say gather like your, 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 um, like your bags. But when it's a big bag well, and you cro- have a lot, your crocus bag. Your, your scandal bag. <laughs> your scandal. Yes. Our dear friend always says this. Gather up your scandal bag and sneak out in the middle of the night <laughs> with your education, take your, your degree, and take, take your things name. and leave. Because that's the that's the one thing they cannot take from you. Sally can't take it back. <laughs> Clarice, Clarice, don't pay these people. Do not mm-hmm. pay these people for this degree. Go ahead and find you an employer. Like I said, some of us are tied to our spaces and places because we are family or friends or whatever. But if you are young, agile, and willing to move, gather your things and go to somebody that's going to see that you have what it takes. You are talented and you have what it takes to move to the next level and then let them pay for the level up. And you know, we'll have to have that talk with the professionals as well at a later date because- Have that talk with me. <laughs> I, I've been me. having that talk with you that you know once you have been somewhere for a certain amount of time you get pretty comfortable and you start to doubt your greatness outside of that place 
Mm-hmm. You you start to believe that you can't do anything else. You can't go to another organization. You can't get another position. You can't reach any higher. And that's not the case. But we'll have that, that talk another time. They do cause you to doubt yourself. But don't worry. We're going to give y'all the tools to get back out there. Get Hop up on the good foot and do what? A bounce. That's it. That's it. So hopefully this was helpful for Clarice, was it? Yeah. Clarice. Clarice. Yes. Just to sum it up, just make sure college makes dollars and cents for you. Make sure you factor in everything that's important to you, what you want to do in the future. Really think about those things before you make that big, huge decision. College can be great, uh, but you want to make sure that it is great for you. And make sure that you are using it in the way that it will profit you in the end. Parents, if you are listening to us out here, you might have a social media content creator in your house that never has to get a bachelor's degree and is gonna walk away with a hundred to $200,000 a year. Parents, don't buy into the hype that college has to be for everybody as soon as they finish 12th grade. 13th grade can come way after for some people. So allow your child to explore, believe in their dreams. I mean, you know, to an extent, don't just let them sit on the couch and continue to dream. But you know what I mean? It's a very different world. The eight to five that a lot of us dreamed of having after college is not the new world of content creation and TikTok and Instagram, which does pay. So, you know, go ahead and believe in your kids. And like Alicia said, make dollars, make, make college make sense to you and make sure that it does not take up all of your money that's it so let's wrap up the show and move on so it's been a good time it has guys that's the end of the show for today make sure to send your listener letters to neverleftcollegepod at gmail.com so we can help you like we tried to help clarice today it's been a good time not a long time but then again no one likes a long class we hope you have a great week and remember college is a place to live love and laugh But if you never leave, we're here to help you make it through. Bye, guys.